Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to the Uncommon Drive podcast with Jeff Cross and Chad Ozy. Join us as we look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Drive, where we take a look at life, leadership, and legacy through the lens of sports officiating. My name is Chad Ozy, and I am joined today, as always, by my good friend Jeff Cross. How you doing today, Jeff? I am a super duper pooper scooper, Chad Ozy. It's <laughs> good stuff. It's 39 degrees and a wind chill of negative something. So. I don't know how cold it is, but I know that in, uh, let's see here, in three hours, I will be on a baseball field. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm going to be working the plate or the bases today. Normally, I know that before I get there. Today's a little special because of some rearranging we've had to do, and so I'll be ready for either one when I get out there. It's one of those days where uh, I am looking to take every layer that I own. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I talked on the podcast uh, several weeks ago about the fact that I, I did not have one of those battery operated heating vests <laughs> That's right, right, right. and uh, when my wife heard that on the podcast she took care of that for mm. me and got it for me and she even got one that has like all these little strips that you can zip in and out of it so like if i lose weight we can make it smaller oh, nice just if i'm feeling a little bloated one day i can make it a little bit bigger if i want to loan it to somebody mm. else it can be different sizes she's pretty smart like that so, so uh, worked out that's good to know that she listens so um if you're listening i am looking for a lamborghini <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome it doesn't need to be heated seats just a regular just lamborghini the regular ones. Yeah. does a lamborghini even come without heated seats <laughs> yeah, you right. know that's, is that that's even work protocol, right, you know? right. <laughs> oh good I I tell you what today is uh, today's kind of fun as we look at the season. Um, you know, we talk about Jeff being super duper pooper scooper. Mm. We had uh, right before we started recording, I had a phone call from a a baseball coach that I assigned for their school. Um, I answered the phone. He asked me how I was doing. I was pretty chipper. And, you know, his comment was something along the lines of, I don't know how you have that kind of attitude with all the crap you have to deal with. <laughs> right. Because he knows, like, for, for him alone, I've had to make, like, six schedule changes for him just this week alone. It's mm. been a crazy week in the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, weather-wise. And even on some days where maybe they could have played, but they had to make decisions early in the morning because schools have bus contracts. And if they don't cancel by a certain time, they have to pay money mm. and all that kind of thing. And schools are all trying to watch their dollars and and everything. And 
you know, I, I kind of made a joke with him. I said, you know, well, if, if I didn't have that attitude, I'd, I'd end up in an alley somewhere. <laughs> um, but it really kind of leads us in to what we'd like to talk about today, Jeff. You know, um, especially when it comes to baseball, there are so many things that we can't control. Mm. You know, um, I can't control what the weather's going to be. Right. Um, I can't control if my partner's going to show up on time. I can't control if the coach is going to run up the score on the other team. Mm-hmm. I can't control if we're really close to the 10-run rule and all of a sudden he wants to back off so he can get his subs two extra innings mm-hmm. of work. Um, I can't control what the fans outside the fence are going to do. There are so many things that I can't control. And I see that from an, an umpire standpoint. And I know you see it from a coach standpoint. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things as a coach that are impossible for you to control. You you can't control when your umpires are going to show up, mm-hmm. no matter what you do to help prepare them for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't control if the other team doesn't want to play on a day that you think is playable. playable right. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you can't even control whether or not your kids want to be gone on spring break rather than play a game yeah. on a beautiful mm-hmm. day or right. whatever it might be. Um, and so we're going to we're gonna use baseball as the backdrop for this conversation today. But I think for a lot of us, no matter the sport that we work, this is a topic that that we don't talk about enough. How do we deal with things that are outside of our control? And what is it about things being outside of our control that make us uneasy, mm. that make us uncomfortable? Because sometimes I think identifying what that is within us, because it's a little different for each one of us, helps us then be able to better deal with it. So let's just start out. L- let me ask you this, Jeff. You know, as a coach, you fully transition now from, from basketball season into baseball. You're, you're coaching baseball. Full beard. The beard, the beard is out. It's not quite to Grizzly Adams stage no. yet, but uh, he's kind hairs, of somewhere man. like the the most interesting man in the world length right now is kind of where he's at. Yeah. So uh, let me let me ask you this, Jeff. What what is it about um, uh, about those things that are out of your control when it comes to baseball? Whether it's weather, whether it's you know all those different things that happen. What is it that creates unique challenges? for a baseball coach during the baseball season? Uh, you're going to have to rephrase it. What do you mean? So what do I get frustrated about? Well, or- it can be frustrated or, or just what's challenging about Because sometimes I don't think we look at it from the other perspective, right? You know, We know that most of the people listening to our podcast are officials. And mm. so we almost always look at things mm. from an officiating standpoint. Yeah. Sometimes I think it's good for us to see from that other side of the glass, mm-hmm. right? You yeah. know, what are the things that can be frustrating to you or just challenging mm-hmm. about a season where so many things are outside your control? Yeah. Well, you know, obviously we know that weather and other teams, you know, all those things are out of our control. I think what a lot of people um, mistake or, you know, think that are happening but really aren't. So just to give you an example, you know, like some schools – They'll call and say, "Hey, listen, we you know had some rain last night. Uh, we don't know if we're gonna be able to play on our field tonight, tomorrow, or what, or today. Um, but we will. Um, we'll send our maintenance crew out there, and we'll let you know what's gonna happen. That's great. Mm-hmm. In Jeff Crossland, that means I'm walking out there. Yep, I'm walking out to the field. I'm getting a, ra- a rake or a tractor or whatever that might be. So all that's happening for me. So 
that's even though I know I can't control, I can't control if they want to. Because when I wake up in the morning, it's, it's, it's interesting. Who would I hurt? You know, I just love game days. Mm-hmm. I think Gene Steratore was talking. I was listening to him on a podcast. You know, he just loved game day. When he was a player, he loved game day. As a coach, I love game day. As a referee, I love game day. So when I wake up at 9 o'clock in the morning or whatever, 6 o'clock in the morning, it's 9 o'clock and I go to the field, it's game day. Whether it's 40 degrees and overcast or 70 and sunny, it's still game day for me and I have that excitement. So I think what's trying to get, you know, paint a picture, I guess, it is frustrating for me, even though it's out of my control, that people don't understand the work that people have done to prepare for a game, whether it's one person or a whole team of grounds crew. They don't understand what's been done. And, and I, you know, I would say I'm a little bit more unique because I feel like I have a little bit more um, uh, empathy for umpires because I know that they probably have worked all day. I know that they probably had to travel through traffic to get to my school anyway, mm-hmm. you know, those kind of things. So I, I get that they've, you know, they've had some sacrifices. Um, you know, I do, I do things to try and because I am an official, so I want umpires to feel somewhat appreciated because I know that we, we don't get appreciated sometimes. And I supply them with water to drink. I supply them, you know, I even went as much as and supplied them with a, a timing sheet. You know, in NCAA basketball, we have those often. I don't, do you get those in college baseball, timing sheets? Uh, we do for weekend series most yeah, of the time. Right. You know, but it was just a simple sheet of paper that said, hey, you know, 30 minutes prior to game time, Grace will take the infield. For, for no more than 10 minutes. And then whatever, 20 minutes before game time, the opponent will take the for no more than 10 minutes. And then in 10 minutes before game time, we'll have the meeting at the plate. And in five minutes, we'll have the national anthem and first pitches at right at the top of the hour, whatever that might be. It was a real simple process. But I had to create it. I, I, didn't have, I don't have a secretary creating it. Mm-hmm. I had to create it. I had to print it. I had to make sure it was taped up in, in the opposing team dugout. I had to make sure that I left the field it's game day. I'm leaving the field to the parking lot to give it to the umpires and those kind of things. And then, you know, sometimes they're there on time, sometimes they're not. Mm-hmm. That's frustrating to me. That's even though it's out of my control, it's still frustrating me for me because we we went through the efforts to make it better for everyone, and those efforts aren't received. It feels like. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But. No, absolutely. And I think it's really good for us to think about this. You know, you make the comment that there's some schools that would say our maintenance crew is going to go yeah. take a look at this mm-hmm. where you are the maintenance crew yeah. at, at your high school. For those of us that work small college, they, there's not a lot of difference between that. Mm-hmm. There are some small colleges that have huge budgets mm-hmm. and crews that take care of all that and everything's perfectly manicured and all that kind of stuff. And there's other small colleges where it's the head coach out on the drag mm-hmm. and it's the pitching coach working the rake on the, you know, on the pitching mound. And then it's just players or whoever else doing their best to make sure that things happen. And so the list of things that need to take place for that person who's in charge is long, mm-hmm. you know, and so way longer than, any, you know, I would even say, however long you think it is, add 100 feet to it. Mm-hmm. It's just that much longer. Sure. And so I, I think when we begin to look at this, 
you know, you, you just brought up a couple things. You know, you, you can't control weather, obviously. We know that. You can't control what the other team does or doesn't want to do. You know, you, you can't control whether or not the umpires show up when the timesheet says they're mm-hmm. supposed to show up. You know, there, there are so many things there that you, you can't control. I even can't even control. I'm sorry to interrupt. No, you, no, please. It's, it, it's frustrating to me as, as just if we look at the baseball side. I'll have people messaging me the day before. So the game is at 5 o'clock on a Friday. Mm-hmm. They'll be messaging me at 5 o'clock or 3 o'clock on a Thursday and say, what's your thoughts on tomorrow? I have no idea about tomorrow. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I Listen, well, the forecast is for rain. Well, yeah, it probably is, but it may be just a light sprinkle. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not making that decision. Well, even in the morning, like, okay, what do you want to do for tonight? You know, at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock, 4.30 start. Well, I don't really want to make a decision until 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I definitely don't want to make the decision at 9 because it. we all know it can change. But we, for whatever reason, <laughs> moms, dads, other umpires, I know, right, umpires would like to know earlier so they can maybe save a vacation day mm-hmm. and those kind of things. And, and that's And I can respect that. But I also, a small school like ours, you know, we only got whatever, 20, 25 games on the books. Mm-hmm. I cancel one where we could have played. Now I do that three or four times. Now I'm under 19. It's hard to be competitive that way. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking about all those things, not just I'm worried about if the umpires are going to have to take a vacation day. And I don't want you to have to do that or anyone. But or moms and dads leaving early, those kind of things. So sorry. No, no, that's good. And, and the reason why I wanted us to to look at this because you know obviously we're we're speaking to officials here, we're speaking mm-hmm. to umpires. I think it's really good sometimes when when we're dealing with the things that we can't control mm-hmm. for us to understand that some of those things that we feel like somebody else can control, they may not be able to. Mm. Well, how come? How come it's ten o'clock? And I've got a two o'clock first pitch and I've not heard anything from the head coach. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe because the head coach has been on the field since 7 a.m. Right. Working their butt off trying mm-hmm. to get a field ready mm-hmm. because the opposing team has to know by 1030 mm-hmm. so they can cancel their bus or not. Because mm-hmm. if they don't cancel their bus, it's a thousand dollar fee to mm-hmm. the bus company. Mm-hmm. And that's a big chunk of money mm-hmm. for most college baseball programs Um, it may be because um, all of a sudden they had some sort of emergency in the athletic department and they got called into a meeting that morning and they can't leave until noon for their 3 p.m start Mm -hmm. or whatever you know there are so many things that take place and at a lot of these schools we're not just talking about coaches that coach but many of them are coaches who teach yep And so they may have class till noon Mm -hmm. and then they're rushing out to take care of field. Then they're trying to make all these other decisions and and these things that go into that. And so I think that's really important for us to look at. I've kind of sketched out just a a few things that I think are, are areas where we begin to get frustrated as umpires. And, you know, I'd like for us to talk about them just a little bit. One of the things that we get really frustrated about as umpires is losing games, right? I mean, that's that's anybody in any sport. We don't like losing games because when we lose games, 
we lose opportunity, mm-hmm. we lose money, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's that simple. And and you already alluded to the fact that, okay, maybe I took a half day vacation so that I could go work this double header today. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, I get a call at nine o'clock in the morning saying that I'm canceled. Now it's too late for me to save that half vacation day. You know, there's all these things that go on and it is so frustrating. One of the things that, that I think becomes a problem is whenever I allow that thing that I can't control to begin dictating how I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked a lot about mental toughness. We've talked a lot about staying neutral, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I'm not going to be positive over the fact that I just lost the game today. Yeah. Probably, <laughs> you know. Now, maybe if it's a day like today when it's going to be freezing outside mm-hmm. and cold and I'm going to need that, you know, that heated vest cranked up to high, <laughs> uh, may, maybe it is a positive if I get a call saying that game's canceled. Okay, I'm, I'm okay moving I'm that game or whatever, game. you know. But most of the time, it, it's not. Mm-hmm. So... Now, if there's a way to stay neutral, mm-hmm. all right, well, you know what? I didn't, I didn't know I was going to have that time this afternoon. I'm going to find something else to invest in. You know, whether that's, well, hey, now I've got an afternoon, evening with the family that I didn't think I was going to have. Mm-hmm. Or now maybe I've got a couple hours. I can go back and look at my game tape from yesterday's game or the day before that I hadn't had a chance to do that yet. And yeah. Evaluate how it is my strike zone. What do my mechanics look like? Or... Or even just get ahead of some of the work that I need to do for the next week, whether it's work at work. Because you know you're going to be taking some time off next that's week right. or whatever it is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it, it could even be, hey, I'm going to get ahead of my my emails to my crew for next week and mm-hmm. things like that. You know, looking for things that that we can have impact on instead mm-hmm. of being just purely affected by the things that we can't. You know, so I think losing games is one that is a is a significant struggle for us, but we need to remember that when games get lost, especially at the college level, games are going to get made up. Yeah. And so that's where I've got to be on top of my schedule. I got to be on top of my stuff so that I get those opportunities when they come up. Just so you know, the all the umpires out to listening out there, coaches are frustrated when they lose games too. Mm-hmm. They don't want to lose them either. They just don't. And it's interesting cuz we'll find, you know, like I'll find myself discussing weather conditions with opposing coaches that I'm not playing mm-hmm. on like what's your thoughts on today because I can be blinded by I want to play yeah it's game day I can be blinded by that you know so I find myself some some friends that can give me you know real facts okay yeah dude it is temporary 41 but the wind's going to be 20 miles an hour and we're looking at a wind chill of 30 you know what I mean or yep. whatever that is so you know things you got to process and and that's the best thing you can do. I don't know how that works with umpires. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But as a coach, we don't like losing games. And we, at least I know I do, I see counsel in those situations mm-hmm. before I cancel, before I make a final decision. No, that's that's good. Another area that I really see umpires struggling with is partners. You know, our the partners that we get assigned with are out of our control. Yeah. We have no control over that. Our partners showing up on time is out of our control. Mm -hmm. Our partners having a good attitude is out of our control. Those kinds of things. Um, You know, and and that's stuff that that we deal with in all sports, obviously. But, you know, let me just ask you, Jeff, when when you're working with a partner that is doing things not the way they should be done, 
you know, whether it's showing up on time, handling their business correctly, being engaged in a pregame, those kinds of stuff. You know, what what are the ways that you respond to those kinds of things that are outside your control? Yeah, well, again, you know, I try to stay neutral on those. Um, if I've got, if I got someone that is, you know, maybe typically doesn't show up on time, you know, I'll ask them questions. You know, how do you? How do you manage that? How do you manage being 15, 20 minutes late to a you know game site and still perform? Because I, I don't, you know, are, do you feel like you're still performing at a high level when you do those things? Because I don't feel like I can do that. Um, and not necessarily saying they are or not, are not performing at the high level, but when we put that bug in their ear, they think, oh, maybe I sh- could be performing better if I did show up 15 minutes sooner. Um, I also think it's it's important to realize is it is it a one case scenario mm-hmm. or is this a common occurrence throughout the season? Because we all know, I'm sure in baseball umpires, you could you could see the same partner five times, you know, in two weeks span. Sure, you know, um, and that's that's just how, how do you do it? How do you how do you force yourself to perform at a high level? Because I ask my players that, you know, how do you expect to be in the regional championship game? When you show up late and leave early, how does that work for you? How how, do, how can you manage that? And I think it's it opens their eyes to the possibility that okay, maybe I can be better in what I'm doing. So I think that's the big thing I ask them. And I might even ask you know which, especially if it's a newer official, a newer umpire, or you know a freshman player, you know what's your goal? What do you want to do? You want to start? Okay. Oh. You are starting. You, know, you want to bat second in the lineup, not ninth. What's your plan? You know, and they all understand those kind of scenarios because they're the one who has said, "This is what I want." When ultimately, if you don't, if they they may not know what they want until they're asked what they want. What do you want? I want to work. You know, I want to work Division One baseball. What's your plan? Uh, well, I'm just going to keep plugging away. So is your plan to keep showing up 15 minutes late to games? Probably won't work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's kind of how I approach it. No, I, I like that. And I know for me, when, when I'm dealing with people that, uh, let's just be honest, there are some people where it's not a one-off. It's, it's their habit, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, and baseball is a little different than basketball. But, you know, baseball, most of the time, we at least want to be there an hour before game time. Um, because I'm a creature of habit. I like being there 90 minutes before game time, no matter what the sport is, because that's just mm-hmm. part of my my mental prep. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little harder, because um, again, those things that are outside of our control, um, a lot of times I'll show up to a site where I don't even get a locker room, mm-hmm. right? You know, Especially a midweek. I'm gonna work a, a midweek junior college game somewhere, and we're dressing in a parking lot. Mm-hmm. And you talk about no control. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if it's if it is one of those forty degree days with twenty degree wind chill, that's not a comfortable place to strip down and you yeah. know put on a, a cup and athletic supporter out in the middle of the uh, mm-hmm. the parking lot or whatever. Toes are showing. Everything, that's right. right. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 a struggle. But when when I deal with people that I know, part of their habit is they're going to roll up thirty minutes before game time. They're going to spend more time talking about traffic than they are pre-gaming. Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to do all those kinds of things. 
part of what I do is then I begin to focus on what I can't control. Okay. I'm not going to get the feedback from my partner that makes me feel at my best before the game. So I'm now going to do things to help replace that. And maybe it's call somebody else and just talk through baseball scenarios so that I'm in a baseball mindset, even Mm -hmm. if my partner's not going to be. Maybe I'm going to take care of some small details so that that way I'm not waiting on my partner to do that when they get there. You know, even if they're the the plate umpire that day, when I get there early, I'll check in at the field or I'll check with the coach. Hey, are we doing are we doing plate meeting at one o'clock or are we doing first pitch at one o'clock? Mm-hmm. Which is so that way we know when to be there if it's a place that doesn't have a timing sheet or, right. or something like that. For I us. think that's, what I want to say. That is so important to me as a coach. If I am working, right, getting my team prepared to play, I don't need to have a five-minute conversation with you, but I, at minimum, need to see you. Mm-hmm. Even if it's you come up to the fence line and go, hey, Jeff, we're here. Beautiful. One o'clock first pitch? Yes. One mm-hmm. o'clock first pitch. That's all I need. The rest of it I can deal with. You don't know how many conversations I've had over the years of coaching baseball and softball as I stand in a dugout and go, has anybody seen the umpires yet? Mm-hmm. Has anybody seen the umpires yet? And, you know, so, you know, this year alone, I've come out and, you know, I've changed. I was like, okay, I'm going to make sure that I hand them something or someone, a player, a manager, someone's going to hand them something so they see them. So at least I know that they're there. Mm-hmm. But... When we do that, that takes our mind off that. And then when we don't show up on time, okay, we said one o'clock first pitch. How come we're walking up at one? Mm-hmm. You know, how come that's happening? I don't ask the umpires that, but that's that's my that's just where my brain goes. Mm-hmm. And umpires need to understand that we we do care. Uh, at least at Grace, we care about the officials, we care about the umpires, and we care about everyone that comes to work our games. But in a small school scenario, we a uh, coach like myself has to decide what's. I also got thirty moms and dads wanting to know how come we're not winning. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, I had to I had to distract myself from preparing my the players to go and make sure the umpires you know have their water and they're there on time or they're there at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's a it's a very tough scenario for small schools like us. Sure. So, and, and again, you know, we, we can make that statement about a small high school, but we can make that same exact statement about a small college, you know, whether that's an NAI school, D3, JUCO, I'm, I'm going to be at a, at a D2 this week uh, for a midweek series where um, we, we don't get a locker room change in, you know, we're, we're changed out in the middle of nowhere at, at a division two school at, at a pretty large Division two school, but it has to do with where their field is located and mm. and all that kind of stuff. And I think one of the things that happens sometimes is when when we get used to a certain level of comfort, mm-hmm. you know, then when we don't have it anymore, we see that as oh, this game isn't as important. So what I mean by that mm. is if if you're somebody that regularly works small college baseball, and you get a locker room or at least a, a shed or an equipment room or someplace hmm. to be able to change in, right? And then all of a sudden you go work a high school game 
you know, on a random Thursday because you were open and you're you're dressed in the parking lot somewhere, it's easy for you to think of that game as not being as important because you got used to a certain level of comfort. Now, where you're changing is outside of your control. Mm-hmm. But the moment that then you say that game isn't as important because of the luxuries that are or aren't afforded to you, that's the exact moment where you shouldn't have taken that game. Mm. Because nobody twisted your arm to take that game. Nobody forced you to hit accept in Arbiter or whatever, you know, assigning software you're using. And so the thing that is in our control is whether or not we took that game. And I will tell you as an assigner, I really like it when you take the game. (laughs) (laughs) If you show open and I assign you Mm -hmm. the game, I am thrilled that you take the game. And it's super frustrating for me when somebody shows open and I assign them and they don't take the game for whatever reason. Um, And occasionally I will, you know, I will reach out and I will I will say I have a an umpire this weekend. This has been just crazy, crazy weather this week. And I have an umpire that I was sending 160 miles to work a doubleheader on Saturday. And that school needed to move a game from Friday to Sunday because of weather. And so I immediately messaged that umpire said, is there any way I can get you to stay from Saturday to Sunday mm. and work a single on Sunday? Which means by the time they get a hotel room mm-hmm. Saturday night, they're not making a ton of money on Sunday. And that umpire, to his credit, said, absolutely. I'm, I'm more than willing to do that for you. You don't ask this very often. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to help out. Man, those kinds of people, I was telling you, it's something outside their control, right? They don't, they don't have control over what happened to the weather moving a game from Friday to Sunday. They don't have control over how many people are or aren't open on that particular day, and they are, right? Here's what I can tell you. When it comes conference tournament time, and I look at the coaches' ratings, and I look at the crew ratings, and I look at all these different things, and I'm making decisions, and if now we're at the bubble, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've got three people that all have the same score, and I've got to pick one of the three of them for a conference tournament. If that person is one of the three, guess who just moved to the top of the list? Yeah. Because they took something they couldn't control and said, well, what I can control is my attitude. What I can control is my willingness. What I can control is, you know, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it, it moves them up the, up the ladder. And so, you know, we kind of started this conversation talking about, you know, how do we deal with the things that we can't control? Well, the number one answer is handle the stuff we can, Mm. you know, instead of focusing on what we can't, let's handle the stuff we can. I would also say, don't give the things you can't control. Don't give it power. Mm -hmm. You know, don't give it power to ruin what your, what your main goal is to go out there and, and, umpire or referee or me and my my case coach the, coach the kids um i can't i can't give the fact that i had an umpire show up 10 minutes late give it power to ruin a chance to coach my kids mm-hmm. i can't do that no different than as an umpire you can't give a coach you know when you're when a coach is frustrated with your strike zone or whatever that is you can't give that thing out of your control the power to ruin the rest of your game mm-hmm. it you know i think we're we're 
we're real good at giving it fuel. Yep. And when we spend a lot of time focusing on it, and that's what we talk about, you know, thinking neutral. Let's not let's not worry about that. that those are the facts. The facts are that, you know, the umpire was 10 minutes later. The facts are this coach is not happy with my strike zone. But I can't do that, give it power, or think about that all the time and still move forward with what I'm, what my main goal is. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the other piece as we begin to – to look at, at how this affects the way we work on the field. Mm-hmm. The other piece of this is, is that the good things that happen are out of our control too. Mm. You know, we focus on the negatives that are out of our control. Guess what? When it's 75 and beautiful, that was out of our control too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's just that it fits with the narrative we want. Mm-hmm. So mm. we're okay with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. My narrative for being on a baseball field is I'd love for it to be warm enough to be in short sleeves, but not so hot that I'm sweating, mm-hmm. right? Like that that's the perfect narrative for a baseball game. Right. And if I get it, I had zero control over that. If I have a coach who doesn't say boo about my strike zone all day, guess what? That's out of my control. Because it might not be that I'm having a good day back there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It might be where he's like, this person is so bad, it's not even worth me saying anything right. about it. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, or, this, I got I got, I got, got my hands full with these five guys in the dugout that can't keep their mouth shut and they're arguing back and forth about the girlfriends that, you know, that they're dating. Yep, I agree. You know, and so, you know, when we, when we do that, it's really important that we not give those negative things power. Mm-hmm. But it's also important that we not give those positive things power to where we say, oh, well, that's that's why today was a great day. No, the reason why today was a great day was because I went out and did my work. Mm-hmm. The reason why today was a great day was because I did the little things that set myself up for success. I even did little things to help set up my partner for success, even if my partner didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, getting that information early, yeah. making contact with the schools, doing those things you know, um, I was I was really surprised this last week. I had a, an umpire contact me, and he said, you know, hey, uh, my crew chief didn't send out an email this week, you know, uh, about, you know, when we were going to meet and what we are going to wear and all, because that's stuff that we do in, in baseball. It's different than basketball. Basketball, we never wonder what we're going to wear. We have one uniform, <laughs> right? right? So, baseball, y'all That's right. Are, gray, are we going black, with the green shirt blue. today? Are we going with the black shirt today? Are we going with pink. the stripes? Yeah, right. Yeah, in baseball, we've, we've got all these questions, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> and so uh, so we we typically, you know, the crew chief will, will send out an email to everybody or shoot out text to everybody, hey, plan on getting there 90 minutes before game time. Um, I've got the plate, and I want to wear the black shirt with the gray side panels. And then one of the base guys will respond to it and say, that's great. It's going to be a little chilly, so why don't we wear the trash bag jacket, which is this black jacket we wear, we all call trash bag, right? And somebody else will say, you know, I'd really rather we wear the the heavier jacket because by the end of the game time, it's supposed to be whatever. We good with that? All right. Now we're all decided before we get there. Everybody knows what to bring. Everybody's happy, right? That's just that's just the way it works. That's the protocol. Well, this umpire contacted me because it's two-man crew, and the crew chief didn't send out that email, right? And within that email, there's typically also copying in whoever the school contact is. So they know what time we're arriving, where we're going to park, that kind of stuff, right? And uh, this particular umpire was upset that their crew chief hadn't done that. And so I just said, well, what did your crew chief say when you reached out to him? Well, what do you mean? Mm. Hmm. 
Well, I said you you emailed me, so that meant that you'd obviously talk to your crew chief first about it, right? Well, no, I was I was letting you know so you know you could fix this. Mm-hmm. I said, did your crew chief know they were supposed to do it? It was a brand new umpire, mm. right? Yes, that umpire's been communicated with. They're supposed to do that and everything, you know. Well, it turned out the umpire had done that, just had done it for the wrong crew for that day. <laughs> you know, right, right. and looked at his list, mm-hmm. had the people wrong, and so he contacted the wrong people for the right day and all that kind of stuff. It was it was just a miscommunication kind of sure. thing, mm-hmm. you know? And what I thought was, if that person just would have reached out to that crew chief that yeah. day and just said, hey, you know, hadn't gotten anything yet, just checking in to make sure things were good. I plan on arriving at such a time. Are you good with that? Oh, I'd sent something out, something wrong happened, whatever. Now that person feels supported by their crew mm-hmm. rather than feeling like the crew went and tattled on them mm-hmm. to the assigner. Mm-hmm. Right now, they reach out to the crew chief. The crew chief still drops the ball. Well, then, yeah, you reach out to the assigner. You let us know what that stuff is or isn't happening. But you give them the opportunity to succeed. You set them up for success. Yeah. You know, it... it this is really fresh on my mind because we had dinner with some friends last night and they spent, you know, whatever we visited for a while, at least 60 minutes complaining about how everyone else is doing things wrong. And, you know, and I, I get it. We all mess up. We all, you know, I don't do things right every day. You don't mm-hmm. do things right every day. I, I understand that. But, it's it's interesting how not just my friends right that we had dinner with but it's, you see it a lot just in your little crew chief scenario they can't wait to go tell someone what some what they think someone did wrong you know um, goes back to the old phrase that you know my mother-in-law always used if you're not part of the solution you're part of the problem mm-hmm. and they were just adding in 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 it the conversation for me, just at dinner, was it was daunting. I was like, I'm so tired of hearing people complain about other people. And in your crew chief scenario, you yes, did you reach out to your crew chief? No. But what's going to end up happening is Chad Ozzy's going to get tired of hearing from umpire A complaining about umpire B all the time. Mm-hmm. You know? And and I and I told our friends I said you, you know we we're, we're finding all these things that you think are wrong with this person. As soon as they did it a different way, there'd be another family eating together and complaining about that person doing it the other way. Yep. So it doesn't, you know, those again those are things out of your control. If you don't like it, then don't participate in it. Mm-hmm. If the, you know you still have to participate, then don't let it, don't give it power. Yeah. So. so, you know, one of the things that we we try to pride ourselves here at the Uncommon Drive podcast is that we don't want to just talk about issues, but we want to talk about solutions. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. You know, so one of the ways that, that I, I deal with the things that I can't control is by focusing on the things that I can. We've mentioned that some, but there are three main categories that I think we can boil things down to that are things that we can control, right? Okay. The first one is I can control my attitude. Mm-hmm. 
no matter what the circumstance, no matter what the situation, I can absolutely control my attitude. Just like when I got that phone call earlier, mm -hmm. just like when I asked Jeff how he was doing, you know, he, super duper. That That is not a common response in this day and age. Right. You know, when mm -hmm. we have gas prices as high as they are, when mm -hmm. we have everything else going on in the world that's going on, for people to have a positive attitude is the exception, not the norm. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely something we can do. At the bare minimum, like we've talked about, we can be neutral. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, but at least to start conversations, to, to engage with coaches for the first time or partners or whatever, having a positive attitude is something that is a choice. And we have the opportunity to control that. Every moment, every game, we have control over that. The second thing that we absolutely have control over is our effort. Mm -hmm. And that effort might be something as simple as, okay, the coach wants us there 10 minutes before first pitch for that plate meeting. We're going to make every effort that we can to be there. Mm -hmm. And if we can't quite get there, man, we, we had an issue with some equipment. There was something that happened, and now we're rolling up at eight minutes till. Mm-hmm. Coach, I apologize. We were trying our best to get here at 10 till a little something came up. Sorry about that. Mm -hmm. That that one little interaction there all of a sudden takes that coach from being frustrated and upset to, oh well, I appreciate the fact that at least he acknowledged. Mm -hmm. You know, he was right. he was trying to follow the list. He does remember whatever. I gave him a list, That's right? right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you know, we we can absolutely control our attitude, we can absolutely control our effort, and that effort, you know, extends onto the, the field as we play. Mm -hmm. And sometimes our efforts are really great on a 1-1 game in the sixth inning. Mm -hmm. And our effort is really horrible on a 14-0 game in the second inning. Yep. And, uh, you know, I got caught in this the other day. And uh, I will I will have confession time here uh, mm. on, uh, on the Uncommon Drive podcast. I was in a game where there was a team that was up by 15 runs. It was early. It was like third or fourth inning. Like I just knew, shadow of a doubt, like the team's done running there. I mean, this is a college game. I'm working the bases, 15 runs, runners on first and second. I don't think there were any outs whatsoever. And the catcher bobbled a ball, bobbled a pitch. And I'm like, oh, that's nothing. They're up. All of a sudden, I hear the runner from second taking off for third. And I'm like, seriously? They're mm -hmm. running right now? Like I am frustrated with the team, mm -hmm. right? And so I turn and I watch third. Unbeknownst to me, because of my absolutely poor effort mm -hmm. at the moment and poor attitude on top of it, I have no clue, literally zero clue, that the catcher has thrown to second to try to get the runner from first <laughs> that's running to second. This is a college game. I am a college assigner. I know better than this. If, if one of my umpires had given that kind of effort and mm -hmm. attitude on the field, I would have been so frustrated. Thank God my home plate umpire had my back. Mm -hmm. And he saw that I had no clue that play was happening. And so he had taken like three or four steps out from behind home plate so he could make the call at second. Thankfully, there was no call that needed to happen. It was you know not even a close thing or whatever. And I came in a couple innings later and... And I, I thanked my home plate umpire profusely. And he was laughing about it. I mean, we got it. Mm -hmm. It was one of those games where it's not what you expect. Mm -hmm. But guess what? My effort didn't match mm -hmm. the game in that moment. And it doesn't matter if it's a 15-run game or it's a one-run game in the 15th inning. Mm -hmm. Our effort 
always has to match what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and we have control over that. I can't blame that on the fact of that's where the game was, or I was frustrated at the team's choice or whatever. It doesn't yeah. matter. Out of your control, that's 15 that's right. nothing. Yeah. It's out of my control. I can control my effort. Mm-hmm. And then the last thing that I think we can control, and, and this is one that I'd, I, I'd really like to get your feedback on too, is I believe we can always control our response. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, when, when somebody is frustrated with us, we can still control our response. When people are chirping more than they normally would, we can control our response. When our partner has a bad attitude, we can control our response. When our partner doesn't give good effort, just like I didn't, Mm -hmm. my home plate umpire chose his response. And instead of being ticked off, he already knew I knew what was up. He Mm -hmm. already knew I was kicking myself far harder than anybody else could have kicked me. Right. And so, you know, he laughed and joked and said, you know, in three years, we're going to look back on this game and laugh. You know, yeah, remember that right. time that remember you totally that? missed that callback? Yes, yes, I will remember that. Don't worry, for a long, it'll be the next association time. meeting, right? <laughs> That's all right. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have video on that mm-hmm. one circulating the entire nation. Mm-hmm. No, I mean we can control our our response to things, and I know that's something you work really hard at. Is mm-hmm. you know your communication skills and your response. You know what are things that you're doing to respond specifically to things maybe that are outside your control. Well, you know, the first response is nothing sometimes. Mm. I think I don't, I don't think we use it enough. Mm. You know, we use, because when we get frustrated, our first instinct is to voice that frustration. Sure. You know, we do. you have to recognize, okay, is my response going to help this situation or make it better? Mm-hmm. And the response that you want to say is, you know, you're an idiot for looking at third instead of going to second. Is that going to help Chad Ozzie be a better umpire? Is that going to help him finish up his next three innings in this blowout of a game? Probably not. So, um, you know, it's the whole what do you know, you know, think before you speak kind of thing. But ultimately, when you just don't respond at all, I, re- I remember distinctly when I, when I really started to hone this skill, I was actually coaching softball then. And we had our, our number one player, probably our, one of our best players on the team, we were taking, we had practice and took a ground ball off the finger, bent their fingernail back, was kind of bleeding or whatever it was, had to go get some attention. Mm-hmm. And uh, everyone was like, oh, you know, went into this high speed fall apart, is what I call it, right? <laughs> you know, what are we going to do? Our best player's out. And, you know, we have a game tomorrow. And what are we going to do? La, la, la. And, and I remember my response was, okay, go get that look out. Um, you know, Danae, you go to short. And they're like, we just potentially lost our best player, and this is what you're doing? And I said, well, there's nothing I can do about that right now. The only thing I can do right now it's is get her get control. her attention, yep. get her get her the medical attention she needs, and we're going to continue with what we have to do because if this is the case, we need a new shortstop. We need to start working on it right now. Mm-hmm. She's not you know, she's not in life-threatening. Uh, so I remember that distinctly, and I never realized that I did it, until my players called me out on it, and I'm like, "Hmm, I guess I do do that." And you know, that's probably that was a much better response than I'll go to another scenario where we we're practicing sliding, which I don't do anymore. Just so everyone's listening, I do not practice sliding anymore at all. But we're practicing sliding, and we had a very young athlete, uh, uh, softball player, 
And, you know, we had two or three kids going, going, teaching them how to do it. And then here comes a first-time slider. Slides in, doesn't slide correctly, breaks her leg, ankle in two or three spots. Oh, my goodness. Literally looks like an L as I'm looking at it. Ugh. Now, I when I'm... When I'm telling you this story, it was right. You're going a little, little right? <laughs> I'm watching her slide in, and I saw it. I heard it like that. I'm like, oh. I like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to explain this correctly, but I literally ran. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Head in my, you know, hand on my head, running around, call, call 911, you know, just freaking out. And I'm thinking, and this was before, right? So, that didn't help anything. Sure. <laughs> didn't help a thing. But that was just my response back then. I was younger then. You know, I think I think as we're younger, we 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 don't we don't have as much composure as we do when we get older. So and I and I remember that distinctly. I'm like and I told my wife that story and she's like, you know, what were you thinking? I was like, I don't know. I just mm-hmm. wasn't at that time. Some of that might have been just because I was very concern for the athlete you know i knew that this was a major injury those kind of things so um that didn't help mm-hmm. didn't help rest of practice was ruined you know maybe even the next couple of days you know all those things all because i didn't control my response so mm-hmm. that would have been a perfect time for nothing <laughs> yeah. let's do the things we need to do call 911 do whatever and keep everyone else somewhat composed yeah. And one of the worst things that we can do when it comes to our response is be defensive in our response. You know, uh, a coach comes out to argue a, a call at first base and we're already defensive and mm-hmm. we're answering his question before he's ever asked it. Mm-hmm. And the problem was he was going to come out and say, hey, that's my star shortstop and He's having a really tough week, and so I'm just trying to make it look mm-hmm. like I've I've got his back here, but I know you got the call right. Mm-hmm. And instead, you're already being defensive, and now you've ticked this guy off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pardon me. And now you just created an issue for yourself that was never there to begin with, yeah. mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And when we're defensive like that, yep. it doesn't help us. And, and maybe it's even in a very uh, appropriate time, you know? The you had something significant happen, and that's why you were late to the plate meeting. Mm-hmm. You know, and let's say it was you were you were ten minutes late to the plate meeting. Maybe your partner got a call right before you took the field that there was a medical emergency sure. at home, or mm-hmm. there was something, and he says, "You know what? Uh, I'm not going to leave you in the lurch. We're still going to go. We're still going to go work the game, mm-hmm. right?" And if you get out there and the coach is upset, I can't believe you guys are supposed to be here 10 minutes ago, blah, blah, blah. If you're defensive and you go off at them, mm-hmm. everybody would say that in some ways you would be well within your rights to do so. Sure. Mm-hmm. But there is a there is a biblical concept out there that says while things are permissible, they are not always profitable. And I like that when it comes to officiating. There are some things that it's permissible for us to do. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, if, if I wanted to go off on the coach at that plate meeting, it's permissible for me to do that. Probably not going to profit me a whole lot during the game. Right. Probably the best thing that I could do in that moment is that instead of being defensive, be apologetic. Coach, I am so sorry that we're late. My partner got a call. Mm-hmm. His mother-in-law was in a car wreck we found out right before we took the field. Mm-hmm. He had every right 
to leave mm-hmm. to go to attend to that situation, but he didn't want to leave your game in the lurch. Mm-hmm. And so it took us a few extra minutes for him to get some things taken care of, but we're here to work your game. I'm very sorry we were mm-hmm. late. Right. My guess is you respond that kind of way. That coach is swallowing his tongue, mm-hmm. apologizing, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, yeah, right. For, for doing that. But if if we come across as defensive in that moment, mm-hmm. now all of a sudden all we're doing is we're setting ourselves up as adversaries. Yep. Rather than that second option set us up as partners to make the game happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And you know, we we walk into so many situations as officials looking to be adversaries rather than realizing we're we are never meant to be an adversary to a team. Mm-hmm. We're there to be an arbiter of the rules for that game. Yep. And if we look at ourselves as an integral part of the game rather than an opponent, mm. I think we set ourselves up for a lot more success. Yeah. You know, it reminds me back of a story a few years ago. Uh, we had a close play at the plate, and I went to come out and just, you know, I don't want to say argue the play, but, you know, give my two cents, whatever it is, right? And I go out there. I really just literally walked out there. You know, I had a pitcher that was – you know, saying a few things, and then I had to catch her saying a few things to the umpire. And I, and I told my players, do you guys want to handle this or you want me to handle it? And I'm like, yeah, you handle it, Coach, right? <laughs> you know, so I got that under control. Yeah. And I went over to this umpire, and right away this umpire started to be on the defense. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, my players didn't help at sure. all. But they went on the defense and tell me all these things on why he was safe, not out. I said, I don't care whether you're safe or out. I just believe that you made the call too soon. You didn't. You didn't let that play finish. Mm-hmm. That, listen, I'm not here to argue whether to safe route. These are just my opinions, mm-hmm. and that's all I'm saying. And you know that I'm sure that umpire was like, oh, you know, I just you know gave this whole defensive thing, and he really wasn't wanting that. And now, granted, that may not be a response. I'm sure 99 percent coaches have come out. They're just looking mm-hmm. to argue because I've learned over the years that typically don't change people's judgment calls. I can get rulings changed on rules, yep. but I, I can't get a safe out call changed. I can't get a ball strike out changed. And just in our game, just this past week, our catcher, who's a young kid, you know, obviously they're all just teenagers, but young in his in his playing career as, as a catcher. And it was a pitch that was borderline high, and the umpire called to the ball. And he literally, the catcher, like, drops his head. Oh, sorry. With the body language, right? Mm-hmm. Drops his head. And then two pitches later, one it comes right at the knees, but the catcher turns his glove, fumbles out of his glove, goes to the right. He goes to get it. The umpire calls it a strike because it was probably a strike. Mm-hmm. I call time, go out to the mound. I said, remember two pitches ago when you dropped your head when he borderline borderline high pitch called the ball? Yeah. I said, he had every right to call that pitch a ball, but he called it a strike, and you messed up. That's why you just stay neutral in those situations. Mm-hmm. It's it, They've called it a ball. Let's go to the next pitch. Because you never know when you might turn your glove over and fumble a ball over to the backstop, and he's still going to call it a strike. Mm-hmm. Stay neutral. Stay within the pitch. So, Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, you know, the other, the other piece of that puzzle there is, as an umpire, if a, if a coach walks out to you and says, I thought you were quick on that. Mm-hmm then it's a perfect opportunity just to give them one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hey, you know what, coach? I might have been. I, I may have been quick. I, I still think I got the play right. Yep. Yep. But if I had it to to do over again, I'd take another beat before I made the call. Yeah. 
now you haven't done anything. Right. You've you've not admitted error. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> you know, you've not done anything, but just give the coach a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it may be that's the only win that coach is going to get that day because yeah. they may not be winning the game. <laughs> it was that. It's, it's always that. Not always that way. It was, but we tend to let that's the only wins we get sometimes within the inning. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think I think that is a, a great way for us to look at things is to to say, again, not what's permissible, mm-hmm. but what's profitable. Yeah. What what helps me what helps me get a win as an official today, mm-hmm. you know, and setting myself in a position of frustration with a partner that didn't show up on time, which was out of my control, mm-hmm. that doesn't set me up for a win. Right. And I think, uh, I think that's a, a real key to us. If, if we want to be uncommon, let's, let's look for ways to be profitable in what we do. And I would also say we're not everyone's keeping score. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's it, between an umpire and a coach or, uh, maybe a catcher or a team, right? We're not all keeping score. Uh, I'm not worried if I get it right, wrong, if you get all of them right or wrong. And I'm not worried if I won an argument or not. And it would be nice if, if umpires would realize that, you know, not all coaches are keeping score. So you don't have to be right. I don't have to be right. But we just at least need to communicate through any situation like like actual people, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. And it doesn't have to be an argument. It doesn't have to be screaming and hollering all the time. And I and I'll meet, you know, I know we're probably harping on the situation a lot, but I know my fans are more under control when I'm under control. Sure. When they see me not get fired up, you know, they see me coaching, they see me worried about, you know, my players doing the right things. They just don't worry about whether or not that umpire got to play right or wrong at first base. So, yeah, not as much anyway. You're absolutely right. You know, so when we when we talk about those things that we can't control, we say, you know, we can control our attitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's amazing what saying thank you, mm-hmm. please, those kinds of things do. Um, they can they can garner you support from the fans. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, they absolutely can. Um, it's 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 amazing to me how uncommon it is for people to hear those courtesy words being used, mm-hmm. and so when they hear them being used, yeah. it's it sets off alarms in a good way, mm-hmm. right? right? You know, it really does. We can control our effort, mm-hmm. the way we handle our stuff before the game, during the game, after game. That's about our effort and whether or not we do that, and then we can control our response, even in the midst of difficult situations. If we control our response. Um, we're going to be so much more profitable than just worrying about the things we can't control. Yep, I agree. Absolutely. I hope this has been helpful to you all. Jeff and I love the opportunity to get together and share and talk, and we want your feedback. Mm -hmm. Uh, So if you can, uh, leave us a review, leave us a rating on whatever uh, uh, platform you use to listen to the podcast. Uh, And then if you have questions or comments, maybe there are things that you do to help control things that you uh, or to help deal with things that you can't control, like we've talked about today, shoot us an email at uncommondrivepodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear those. We'll even share them in an upcoming episode as we look at what it means to be uncommon, not just on the field, but in life. Yep. Thanks, guys. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Uncommon Drive Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Spotify. Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and be sure to leave us a five-star rating.
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.